Welcome everyone to the B2B Marketing Perspectives Podcast. I'm Steve McDonald, your host. And today we've got a really interesting perspective on the world of marketing. It comes from Anne Greeny. And Anne has a fantastic background that really isn't matched by anybody else that I've ever talked to. Starting out marketing with B2C marketing, moving into B2B marketing, enterprise SaaS marketing, now in the world of startup and at a venture company and working with startups who don't necessarily have marketing as a core competency. And how does that play as a core competency of that business and the growth? And you've made investments, hard dollar investments in expecting ROI. And you're consulting with these companies on a number of different levels. But we're going to talk about what you talk to them about in terms of marketing today. But before we get into that, if you wouldn't mind just giving us a little bit more than my brief explanation of your background as we get started here. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, Steve, for having me. Um, so first off, yeah, my career actually started in the entertainment industry way back when. Um, and I learned very quickly both what a cutthroat industry actually is and also how to work with some of the biggest brands in the world. Um and then I transitioned over into tech, moved up here to, to Silicon Valley. Um, and like you said, I ran marketing teams for the last decade, um, started on the B2B or B2C side, and then transitioned and spent the last latter part of my career um, leading uh, SaaS uh, uh, B2B businesses. And I transitioned over to the venture world recently. And the reason, yeah, so I work at Sierra Ventures, we're an early stage venture capital firm focused on uh, the future of enterprise technologies and the next frontier of, of um, actually, can I re-say that, state that? Yeah, sure. We'll cut that out. No problem. Okay. Let me just say it again. So I moved over to venture capital and I'm here at Sierra Ventures. Um, we're an early stage venture capital firm focused on the future of enterprise. Um, I have an interesting role here as a CMO where I get to work both with a big portion of my job is working with our portfolio companies and these early stage founders, typically who don't have um, any marketing support. And I get to help them kind of build the foundation for marketing and go to market in the early stage. And I also get to sit on the investment team. So a lot of what I get to do is explain to them the fundamentals of marketing and how to really build that foundation so you're ready and prepared to scale. Well, I think that is a fantastic place to start, right? The fundamentals of marketing. So you're the CMO of this company. Like we said, you're investing hard dollars and expect a return, right? So the recommendations that you're making, this isn't like, here's the one-on-one guide guys, right? No, you're actually saying, no, this is what it's gonna take for you to be successful. And those insights that you're passing on in the early stage, they're not just for early stage companies, right? They, like we were talking just right before we hit the, the you know, record button, there's not a CMO or a CRO that's out there that isn't revenue focused on growth, no matter where they are right now. So maybe start us off by what is the foundation that you help instill there from a marketing perspective? 
Yeah, absolutely. I think with a lot of founders, it's also understanding, you know, hiring at the early stage. You know, when do they need to hire that marketing leader? When do they just need to hire an IC, an individual contributor to help on marketing? And when do they, at what stage are they just needing to roll up their sleeves and do it themselves? And so, you know, part of that is really understanding that early stage marketing mix. So how much time should you be spent on product marketing? Really, what is product marketing and what does that encompass? Because it can be defined in a variety of different ways. Um, how do you start thinking about the foundation for demand gen or growth marketing? And then as well as the corporate PR type of marketing too. So at the early stage, a lot of it is going to be weighted on product marketing. It's really understanding and in product marketing, um, it is still weighted around revenue, but it's still focused with you've got to get that core messaging, positioning, and really understand the ICP, that's the ideal customer profile. You know, who are you selling to? Um, do you truly have product market fit? Who are the competitors? And really building out that landscape, not only for the go-to-market function, but for the entire team. And so I think that role of marketing in the early stage, whether it's led by the founder or you bring in a marketing leader to, to help along the way, it's building that foundation and making sure the entire company is on board with what are you building? How are you positioning in the market? Who else is in the market? You know, and who, who are your potential buyers? And so I think that that's one of the key pieces when, um, especially early stage companies get started. Again, we invest early. So we're at the seed stage. We're often that first institutional check. Um, that a founder may be getting. And so when I'm coming in, I'm really helping them build that initial foundation and try to figure out, okay, what's the next step? Because when a lot of people think marketing who haven't been in this world, it's it confusing. There's a number of different, you don't want to spend all your marketing dollars on a, you know, 10K a month PR firm that's going to get you a couple pops and then, you know, in the future, you don't have, you know, a demand gen strategy or really your messaging or positioning or, or story or even understand your ICP. So you got to figure out what are those steps in building out this marketing mix from the very beginning. So I'm going to come at the question now from the other side, which is having worked with tons and tons of startups, doing the kind of recommendations that you are, the ones that are successful versus the ones that aren't. What's the difference in how they adopt and execute these marketing strategies? Like you've got learnings, right, from that. What are the learnings that come out of that? Well, I'll speak specifically for early stage. I think, you know, I'll start with the ones that struggle. And I think a lot of times, especially what founders face is if marketing's outside their core competency, especially go to market or even the revenue function, because they all really sit together. Um, the biggest mistake that I see is them trying to kind of spend their way out of that problem. And they could be spending their way out of that problem by hiring a bunch of consultants, hiring agencies, hiring a very expensive marketing leader who might not be right for their company, um, or maybe hiring them too soon before the company is prepared to really even be able to support their skill set. And so that's the biggest mistake that I often see is people get uncomfortable and they try to spend their way out of it. And so 
what what the most successful, especially it's it's interesting to see we um, uh, categorize our founders when we're looking at them kind of an L1 through four. So an L1 might be a first time founder, really, you know, straight out of school, doesn't have a lot of operating experience. This is all brand new to them to an L4 being a, you know, serial entrepreneur has already been there, done that. Um, it's really fascinating because when you work with someone who, and they're both, you know, can create incredible companies. And we have proof of a 40 year track record and venture of, of watching that. But um, those that are, have already been there and done it and who are really experienced leaders, they're very, they're razor sharp prescriptive on what they need marketing to do and how marketing can come in and help. And I think that that's interesting, not that it tight casts, but they, they have that understanding of, okay, here's what we need to build. Here's the foundation that the founders need to, to lay out. And here's where we're going to bring that marketing leader in. And here's what they're going to be in charge of. And here's the expectations that are you know, tied to realities of the business. And so I think the best leaders really have that understanding um, coming in that Hey, marketing's not, you can't just, you know, abracadabra and, you know, make, make all this marketing magic happen. There has to be a lot of pieces that are working together. It has to, it has to be blended with the entire team. Marketing can't be a silo. Um, and especially in the early stage, it's just such an integral part. It's woven within the entire team and culture. Yeah. So I could see spending your way out a tactic, oh, I need a PR agency, I need a, a, a demand in agency, you know, I need this, I need this, I need this. But without a, a, a vision of where the company is going, their point of view on the marketplace, where they fit uniquely in, right, that that is a foundation for marketing then to accentuate, um, you're just going to be adding tactics onto a, 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 a company that doesn't have the right foundational strategy. Is that, is that a good takeaway from what you were just saying? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, um, and it's not that a lot of the agencies that get hired or even consultants are bad. It's just that it's up to the founder and that early stage team to figure out, they have to be supplying these, these agencies or consultants in the early stage. If you decide to go that route, with all the information, with all the kind of fuel for these programs. And most of the time they just don't have it. And so you've got someone on the outside trying to figure it out. It, it, it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't end up working um, often in my experience. So what I think is a better tactic is really at that early stage, you've got to spend the time, you've got to do the reps on really figuring out those product marketing that foundational product marketing strategy around who you are, why you're important, why you're there and how you're going to make money at the end of the day. Right. And all of it in marketing, especially because we're focused on primarily B2B. So everything that we do, it's, you know, marketing is tied to revenue. And if any marketing leader is not thinking that way, um, there is a gap there that you've got you to press into because marketing owns revenue. Um, along with the sales leader, um, there isn't, I think, as, as you mentioned, the, the analogy of the old school style of marketing um, when we were talking early on of like, I got my MQL, I got my lead, now I'm going to throw it over to sales and Godspeed, you know, um, that's long gone. Now it really is sales and marketing have to be tied at the hip along with CS. 
And so you've got this revenue team that you're building in the early stage that all have to work together. They all have to get along too. I think friction is good. Friction is healthy. Um, friction makes sure you're, you know, you're keeping everyone honest. But at the same time, I think that that team has to work together and figure out ways to, to really grow and revenue has to be a piece of that. Um, but you can't get to that revenue place until you start to figure out, you know, that foundational messaging, positioning, who we are, who we're going after, and where we really sit in the market. Yeah, if you don't have that vision as a founder, you can't hire that out and have somebody figure that out for your company, right? You're, that, that's a lost cause. One of the things that you said in there, I think, was, was very, very interesting, and I wanted your take on this, because, you know, anybody that is trying to answer those questions, the highest authority for any company is the customer, right? So defining your ICP, defining the problem set that you're solving for them, why they can't solve it on their own. Why are they willing to pay for somebody to help them solve that problem? So with the, the founders that you're working with, and, and again, from this marketing perspective and setting that foundation, how important is it in, in recommending to them that they're actually on the phone with customers, with prospects, right? That again, that's not an area to outsource, right? That they need to have that kind of understanding themselves. Is that an important part of what you're what you're talking to them about and sending as that foundational strategy? Absolutely. I mean, again, Sierra Ventures, we invest in the early stage. We start at that seed stage. A lot of times you'll have a product, you'll be, you know, even in market, but it's still very early. And so the best founders that we see, they're obsessed with those customers. They're obsessed with the customer problem. Um, it's even more so than like obsessed with their product. It's really about what are the, what is that customer problem that they're trying to solve? What's that workflow and, and truly understanding that? So I think even before you get, um, if you're raising venture capital dollars, even before you get there, you have to have that obsession of truly understanding who you're selling to, you know, what is their problem? What's their workflow and that holistic view of, of, of how they work and how they can potentially use your solution. Now, as your company progresses, any marketing leader, when I, you know, was recently talking to, we did a roundtable of CMOs in the early stage um, from our portfolio. And we did this for our founders to kind of help them, again, demystify early stage marketing. Anyone that's been, it's, it's coming into your company, one of the first things you should have them do in that first 30 days, especially in that first 60, any leader should be carving out a big piece of their time to spend with customers and prospects. Whether it's shadowing calls, I think that that's always important, or shadowing sales calls so you could understand what are these questions that are being asked, what's the resistance that's happening, or where is that kind of aha moment that they're feeling, but also really understanding from a customer perspective, how is your product, how is your solution being used in the market? And so I think that that's really important for any leader to do, um, whether you're the VP of engineering coming in or you are that you know, CMO, VP of marketing that's coming into your company. You should be spending a long time alongside um, your other leaders really focused on understanding who that customer is and, and how they use your solution. I love how you put that, that 
you want them to be more customer obsessed than they even are product obsessed, right? Because in the end, if, if their product doesn't solve a problem that their customers have, then what good is it, right? And no one's going to buy. So, you know, one of the things that I wanted to ask is, what is the parallel that you see, this customer obsessed, right? That doesn't seem like an early stage startup only strategy, right? You've worked in the in the ABM enterprise, B2B world. You're now steeped in the early stage. When you were in marketing in the other companies, in these larger companies, a lot of the tactics that you're talking about here need to be adhered to there as well, right? What are the what are the biggest differences and what are the biggest similarities that you see? Because you have that both you've been in both worlds. And I think that, you know, we have in our audience here listenership, earlier stage and later stage companies. So what is the differences and what are the what are the big similarities in, in your mind? The biggest differences is in because I've come into a number of companies at the at the earliest of stages for a marketing leader and then scaled up um, through those growth stage. Um, but I think the biggest difference there is is that it's around the tactics of how you're able to do it. So at a labor stage company, a lot of this stuff is documented. So hopefully. <laughs> uh, a lot of this information around the customer, you should have, you know, a, you know, repository of, of customer calls that you can listen to. And there should be documents about who is the ICP, who is the persona. Um, so the idea is that it, it should be even easier for you to dive deep. I think that's still an, a critical piece to coming in at the later stage or coming in to run any marketing team. Um, you have to, you know, the first thing is you have to understand that customer and, and that prospect's journey. Um, at the early stage, the biggest difference is none of that's there. So you've got to come in and you've got to figure it out. You've got to, in, in some cases, you've got to convince, hey, that 1AE, hey, can I jump on this call with you? I promise I won't mess it up. Um, but I just need to listen. I need to, you know, have some contact or, you know, convince that founder that, hey, our, you know, one big enterprise customer, can I talk with our, you know, champion over there? Can I have some FaceTime to really understand how they're using it? Um, you've got to negotiate those relationships early on. And so, and then hopefully in the best marketers that I see come in and start documenting, documenting and start that process early because as they scale out their team, you know, their PMM that they're bringing on or even their demand gen person that they're bringing on, they're going to need to know that information as well. So I think that the difference is really in tactics. The, the idea is the same. Like anytime you're going to lead a marketing team, you've really got to understand who the customer is, why your product matters to them, and what were those triggers to get them to buy. Um, and also, you know, I think at a later stage company, you usually see the data around, um, there's a lot more data that's available. And so you can be a lot more data driven where um, at the early stage, you have to sometimes start producing that data. That's part of your role. Right. Um, but understanding why, you know, customers potentially churn. Um, where are the problems? Where are the gaps? 
and understanding that in sometimes that, you know, is a total, it's hundred percent a product problem that something needs to be built. Sometimes it's a communications problem. And so that's where a PMM can also kind of come in and, and start filling some of the, the Delta between um, where you want to be and where you are today. So I'm going to draw an inference from what you just said there. And I'm going to say that that mentality of you've got to create the ICPs, you've got to create the documentation, you've got to, you've got to start building all of that you know, before you then throw money at the problem and bringing the agencies in and everything. I can't tell you how many CMOs I talk to, but they say, and these are of later stage, come in or like, you wouldn't believe the ICPs they were going after, you know, they didn't have the right, you know, it, it wasn't stratified in the right way. And we had to totally redo that. So I think here's one of the inferences is no matter whether you're at early stage or later stage, when you come in, think about all of that foundational work as if you were at an early stage, right? At least put a critical thinking on it and say, is it right, right? Are we in the right direction? Or, or have we actually been, has that been one of the problems in the company in the growth stage of the company is that we haven't gotten some of that foundational work done? I, I, Comment on that. Would you agree on that? Having been on both sides of the fence or? Oh, absolutely. I think that that middle stage as you're, you know, exiting early stage and kind of going into growth uh, is interesting because the the growth metrics that you need are still there's a there's a lot of demands there. And so what you see is, hey, you know, we had a, you know great growth and then all of a sudden um, you know, we, we started to plateau a little bit. So we added another, you know, we expanded our ICP, we expanded our SAM. Um, and sometimes it's like, you know, at the, again, that, that middle stage, it's a lot about, Hey, well, we sold this customer, um, and they're in a different vertical. So this must expand our ICP now. And, um, so what I see a lot is like, all of a sudden you start chasing that vertical and I've experienced this firsthand. Um, and you've got a marketer needs to pump the brakes. So the marketing leader needs to pump the brakes a little bit to the team. And like, yes, we had, we had some, you know, success here, but we need to figure out why we had success. We need to truly figure out why this, um, you know, customer who's in a new vertical um, or who's outside of our, you know, ICP before we expand it, why they actually bought it. And when you start pressing more there, it's really interesting what you can find. And again, there's a lot of work that needs to be done before you throw more dollars at, hey, let's let's put some AEs on this particular, you know, new opportunity. Let's build a tiger team to build this solution. You've got to figure out really, is this something that's repeatable? And that that question of why, why did they buy? Why are they interested? Um and like, what is the use case there? Is this something that we can build a repeatable solution around? And so that's where I, I see it the most um, interesting and probably to your point of like, where are those growth stage companies um, or those growth stage leaders that come in and are, you know, super surprised that XYZ is in their ICP and no one knows why they buy it or why they haven't churned. Um, I think that, like both despite less, themselves, right? Yeah, I have less experience in that growth stage. Like my sweet spot is earlier. So so with that, I can only imagine what the cleanup has to be 
And so a true marketing leader really has to go come in and, and ask the hard questions um, and try to figure out like, what can we, what can we build on and what is actually repeatable? So I'm going to change direction here just a little bit. And, and I told you, I was going to ask you this question before we hit the record button, but as a marketer, one of the most important things that you can do is create content, right? Because content is your introduction into the community that you're reaching out to. It is the fuel for demand, Jen. In an early stage in the companies that you're working with, if you were to put just on a rating from one, content is not important to the growth of the company. 10, it's vital to the growth of the company. Where would you put that and why? Yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, yeah, I'm definitely in the camp of it's a nine or it's a 10, um, depending on um, your priorities. But I think especially with marketing, once you define your messaging, define where you are in the market and really understand your ICP, starting to generate that content is super important. So a lot of times we talk to companies that don't have big budgets. I mean, that's what I find to be the really fun piece about early stage is that you've got to figure it out without all the resources. Um, so sometimes it's not going to be pretty and you're not going to have everything perfect, but you're just going to be out there testing and um, trying to figure out where those opportunities are. Um, and I think it's a, there's a lot of, I personally think it's fun. Sometimes it, it can uh, cause some gray hairs, but at the end of the day, the piece around content is a, it's free to create content. Um, it's, as I'm sure you know, there's tons of SEO advantages as you're building out your site. And if your site is where you're sending customers to, you know, learn about you, build your brand and, and hopefully build some um, demand funnels. So I think that that, is just a critical piece. It's something that pays dividends in the future. Um, the biggest problem is, and I've had this, you know, happen several times when, you know, I've either come into companies as an advisor or, um, you know, came in to lead marketing teams, you start to build content and it just feels like you're, you know, preaching to the ecosystem, you're preaching to, you know, a, a black box. No one's actually, you know, paying attention. You're creating this content. You think it's good content. It's out there. You're pushing it on social and you're getting nothing, right? So I think the challenge in the early stage is, you know, if you don't have those dollars for amplification, it's like you want this gratification for all the work and effort you're putting in. And sometimes it's not there immediately. But, you know, what I always show is you go a few years later and all of a sudden, you know, one of those five posts has gained a ton of traction and you're just seeing, you're seeing the dividends pay out over and over and over again. Um, and so I think that that's one of the pieces that's challenging, especially for founders and early stage teams is like, how do we dedicate all these resources? We need, we need results today. We don't have two years to waste, but right. it is super critical to start building out that content, building out that messaging early on, um, just being able to test different, um, different ways of talking about your product, different ways of talking to your prospects and customers. So yeah, I find it incredibly important. You know, my take with building content is, I love to create content that can be sliced and diced in a bunch of different ways. You know, similarly, we do um, 
we do roundtables or recorded panels, and then you take that and build some social snippets, and you take that and build a blog post, and you take that and, you know, how many different ways can you use one piece of content? And it is surprising. Some stuff gains a lot of traction. Other stuff falls a little flat. Um, and that's okay. That's part of that process. And marketing is iterative at the end of the day. It has to be, um, I think, not only for really early stage, but at the early stage, you do get you get a little more um you know, wiggle room on being able to, you know, really take chances and things flop. No one's really paying attention anyways, um, but things take off and you get that, you know, traction, you get that, you know, uh, earned media that that you really do need. Uh, so yeah, for me, I think content is still king or queen, however you like to to put it, but, um, you know, Billy, being able to start building that inbound strategy. I also think it's a great way for founders to start thinking about their prospects and customers. If you start, if you really get into their head, it's all, you know, it's a psychology game. Like what is the content? What are the problems that they face outside of just selling our product? Outside of just the main things that we're selling, um, the value prop that our product brings, what are the things that they're looking for? What are the podcasts they listen to? What are, you know, really diving in deep to understand their person, the buyer persona, and then building content around that to try to draw them in um, to your website and draw them into having that connection with your brand. So I think it's a great exercise overall. Um, and I think today, you know, with the, with technology and the, you know, clearly here at Sierra, we've invested in uh, generative AI companies since 2019 before it was even called generative AI. But today, you know, um, with Gen AI, there's all these advantages to being able to create content quicker. Um, and so I think that that's something that we kind of push our founders along because some of them have great ideas, but then kind of get stuck in the analysis paralysis and get stuck in the polishing stage of trying to figure out like, oh, it's not quite ready for, for prime time. And, you know, the early stage, you just got to keep pumping that stuff out and seeing what works and what doesn't. Yeah. I mean, the, I love the idea that like you talked about like doing round tables and then, and then taking that like, cause a round table discussion, that's not going to be around product feature. That's going to be around, you know, the industry that's going to be around the problem set. That's going to help them, the buyers in, in their journey, in their, in their own jobs and, and how they're framing and how they're even looking at their own problem. Right. So that, that kind of content, even if it doesn't get wide, wide distribution, but if it has the right distribution to the right decision makers, it can make a huge difference in impact. And uh, so it, I, I know we could go on a long time here, but I just want to wrap up and say, hey, thank you for coming on. But what is the, the final takeaway? Like if there is one thing that we should remember from the conversation here, what would you like the audience to know? Yeah, I think it's the, the biggest thing. I, I wrote a piece I've been writing in Inc. Magazine for, it's now been seven years or so. And um, one of the recent pieces that I wrote was about what CMOs wish CEOs knew, or sorry, let me put that, but, uh, what uh, what CMOs, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we we'll, cut, we'll, 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 we'll redo that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, so the question was again, like, what's the main takeaway? 
Yeah. Mate, what's the, what is the main takeaway that you want the audience here from the whole conversation? If there's one thing they should take away, what should it be? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, I've been writing in Ink Magazine for the last seven years. And one of my recent pieces was around what CMOs wish CEOs knew about marketing. And one of the reasons that it, it got some traction was that I think it's one of the key pieces is that the CMO really is around revenue, um, that the CMO and that marketing team really has to have that focus on revenue. I think another piece there is virality isn't a strategy. And so as we think about content and the building content, it isn't all about just going viral. It isn't all about the instant buzz that it could potentially create. It's about that long-term, those dividends that it'll pay in the future and really building out that, that messaging and positioning. So I think all in all, marketing, whether it's early stage or later stage, there's an importance to really understanding the mix. Um, I think a piece that we talked briefly about early on too is um, for marketing leaders to really, no matter what stage they're at, to have that comfort level in testing out and um, leaning into some of the new technologies that are arising or that can help marketing and help marketers move faster. Um, for me, I think that, you know, marketing or Gen AI and some of these new technologies aren't going to replace marketers specifically. They will replace the marketers that don't leverage the technology. So I feel like it, for me, the, the advantage there is being able to kind of lean into some of these technologies, lean into some of the advantages they create. They're not going to build your marketing strategy. They're not going to write all your content for you, but they can be used um, to kind of fill in the gaps, fill in the blanks that you need as you to allow you to create content faster, allow you to get those thought leadership pieces out, your thoughts or your team's thoughts, but allow you to kind of write um, and fill the gaps in the middle so you can write faster. So at the end of the day, I think the importance for marketing leaders and um, to really embrace um, how the role of a marketer is going to be changing in the future is, is critical. And for those founders out there to really see the importance of marketing at the early stage and really the importance of building that really healthy foundation of marketing before, you know, you're ready to scale. Well, Anne, thank you so much for all of the insights. And, and once again, I'll say you've got a very unique background and a very unique perspective, and we really appreciate you sharing all of that with us here today. Thank you. Thanks, Steve.